it just sounded like something I wanted to do and a place I wanted to be. At the end of the day, what an incredible experience for these kids, you know? I mean, that changed my life. That changed my outlook. That just changed the way that I interact with people. Hello and welcome to the Theater Art Life podcast sponsored by ClearCom. ClearCom is the leader in voice communication since 1968 for theater and the performing arts. When the show must go on, ClearCom is there to keep the team on cue. The Theater Art Live podcast puts the spotlight on those who create live entertainment around the world, the culture creators and the backstage masters. My name is Kat Landry. Today we are joined by Allison Marquez, director of Dancer's Edge Theater Arts in Visalia, California. Allison grew up in Visalia, California and graduated from Golden West High School, where she fostered her love for singing and dancing. She attended Chapman University in Orange County, where she received her Bachelor's of Music with an emphasis in vocal performance. During her time in Orange County, Allison taught private voice and piano lessons at Orange County Music Academy. She was also in multiple singing ensembles. Upon graduating in 2015, Allison set off on her performance journey to Universal Studios Japan, working as an actress. After a year in Japan, she enjoyed her time as a production vocalist for Celebrity Cruises. Since 2020, Allison has spent her time closer to home, running a theater arts program in Visalia. She is the director of theater arts for Dancer's Edge. She oversees 150 students that train and perform in various disciplines of performing arts. Allison is deeply passionate about sharing her experiences with students of all ages. Her goal is to ignite the same desire and drive in students from the Central Valley that was ignited in her. She hopes to create a safe and positive environment where students can explore their creativity and hone their skill set. Allison, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. We're happy to have you too. Now, Allison, we brought you on the show because we're excited to hear about your experience working with children and putting on shows in an educational environment. Um, but first, we'd love to hear a little bit about the journey you took to get here. Um, could you tell us a little bit about your performance background and what led you to your current position? So I guess as a, as a lot of performers that end up going professional, mine started very early. Um, when I was eight, I started training. And I really think that's when that love and confidence to take this to a professional level and performance uh, as a performer, it kind of started there. You know, I trained in singing, dancing, acting, moved on to middle school, did choir, moved on to high school, did, got to do musicals and choir and, and drama classes, and then decided to go to college to pursue my degree and was so fortunate that I was able to complete my bachelor's of music in four years and had so many incredible teachers and opportunities to perform, whether it was in cafes or on a stage or even just a small practice room. Um, and then continuing on in a professional career, I really feel that everything I took from even when I was eight years old gave me a good foundation to just a, a foundation and a passion to continue to pursue performance. And so that's kind of my background. And it's a little bit of everything, but really a lot of a lot of young singing and dancing. 
That's great. And what what actually led you to take a job in Japan? What a big leap. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I honestly think I was in high school when my high school choir director and drama teacher they um they were they had pictures on their wall of past students and there was a gal that was doing cruise ships and of course when you're 16 17 years old you're like what that's incredible and then when I went to college I knew I wanted to travel but I had a friend that was actually going to Disney Hong Kong and so that's what I learned about theme parks especially was very drawn to Japan specifically because as I as I kept growing in my experience at Chapman University I knew more people that were going to Tokyo Disney and going to Osaka at USJ so it just sounded like something I wanted to do and a place I wanted to be so it sounds like a lot of your early career is based on inspiration from uh, both your educators and also people that you've seen come before you is that sort of what drew you to being in a position of an educator, being in a, in a leadership position in a lot of young people's eyes? Absolutely. I think that I was really fortunate that throughout my whole career and all my experiences as a student, I was really fortunate to have instructors and teachers that were also interested in multiple disciplines. They realized, at least I, from my perspective, they realized they weren't just training kids for an after-school program, they really were training kids to go off and, and continue a career in whether it was music, dance, any type of theater discipline. They, I really feel my teachers all knew they were training the future and they treated it with a great responsibility. So I do, I owe a lot to my early teachers and, and instructors. Yeah, don't we all? <laughs> um, so, in in your current position now, um, you you hold a very influential leadership position over um, sort of uh, an educational environment, which is Dancers Edge. Could you tell us a little bit about Dancers Edge? What your role is like? Um, what the program consists of? Absolutely. So Dancer's Edge began as strictly a dance studio. Uh, my studio owners, Tyler and Marie, started the studio 27 years ago. And um, they, of course, started with Humble Beginnings. And now they're, the dance portion, um, it does they compete at a national level and they win national titles and dance competition. And a few years back, they decided to expand Dancer's Edge as a whole. And uh, my one of my mentors and good friends, Adrian Terry, she started the program there, which was Dancer's Edge Theater Arts, which encompassed singing classes, dance classes, a full musical during the year. And I was just really fortunate that she actually brought me on as a, a music teacher. And, you know, she had to step away. And I was very fortunate to I had big shoes to fill, but I was very fortunate to have the opportunity to give that a try and fill those shoes. So um, that's kind of the background story. And it seems like every year there's something we add different, especially Dancers Edge Theater Arts. You know, we kind of have our our little groups, um, whatever the students are interested in, whether it is just singing, we have classes for that. Whether it is just dancing, we have classes for that. And even kids that want to experience everything have classes for that. So it's, it's cool to see how much it's grown and it really has, it grows with the students for what they, they're interested in as well. 
That's really nice that you have such a, a variety of offerings for the kids. Uh, in terms of your specific role, what what does a typical day look like for Allison Marquez? It's very busy, but I <laughs> I I love it. I love being busy. Um, it honestly depends on the given day. Um, my Mondays, my Tuesdays, my Wednesdays, Thursday, Fridays are usually always the same. It could vary from. Um, I also prepare a weekly newsletter for the whole program. So usually Mondays, it's newsletter day. It's compiling information and putting packets together. I'm working on lyric sheets. Um, I'm going to the studio to print scripts for the students. Um, So Monday's a big work day. Um, And then, of course, I have classes and private lessons that start around 3. And that's a very, very typical busy day is the beginning of the morning is filled with all the paperwork. And then three o'clock to about nine o'clock is teaching. It's one-on-one with students and in the classroom. And yeah, it varies with depending on which program I'm working with, but usually my mornings are preparing for the night ahead, whether it's preparing those things or mentally preparing for the night ahead. <laughs> we have a, a busy rehearsal or a lot of things we have to get done, but that's a tip, very typical work day. How do you feel about teaching one-on-one versus teaching in a group? Those are very different skills you're flexing. I do enjoy. Um, I do feel my my number one love is one-on-one. feel that I can really um, take the time to see exactly what that individual student needs. I really enjoy that. And um, for instance, even tonight, I had three students and all at different levels, all at different energies and all different personalities you have to kind of adjust to and adapt to. But I will say, I think any teacher in general will say that when you're in a group setting, you are just like firing in all cylinders. You are like an improv master. And I think that I do get, I do have a lot of fun in the group setting where you know, we can create and it, you, you feel this energy of everyone just wanting to to, to create incredible art. So it's hard to say, but I think that's the biggest difference is I can really hone in on one student, what they need, as opposed to um, this big energy you feel. And what about the age groups of your students? What are, what are the ages that you're typically working with? And do you find that you gravitate toward one age group more than the other? Again, it really depends on the day and where I'm at um, because I have students that are four years old that are taking private piano lessons, and then I have kids that are 17 years old in my music class. So that's a pretty pretty good range is about 5 to 18 with, of course, predominantly I've got about 8 to 11-year-olds. That's a big chunk. I find it actually easier to work with the younger students I feel because when you're working with you know we have a group called Broadway Babies for instance and that's a five to seven year olds and they sing and dance and there's just such a sweetness about that age and especially when they're learning the skills that they need to perform in front of an audience you're you're really tapping into some deep developmental stuff. And I find that so interesting to hear their feedback and their thoughts and hear their questions. And you don't really get that from your 13 and 14 year olds because they know everything. They know everything already. So yeah, I, I like the younger ones, but of course my older students, they're more like family, you know, once they've been around a while. 
Yeah, it's still like magic for the young kids, right? Which is always nice. I used to, when I was in high school, I used to work on the elementary school's fifth grade play. And I used to love, love, love doing that show every year because the kids are just so excited and like every part of it is just mysterious and magical to them in every way, in ways that once you hit your your preteens and your teen years, you're just too cool for that. Um, and it's uh, it's it's such a special age to be putting on shows at because, you know, their imaginations are just um, so much, so much fuller. Um, oh, it's totally! So, so fun, so fun. I'm, I'm actually, I'm a bit jealous of you. That sounds, that sounds great. <laughs> um, but what is, uh, what, what would you say the greatest challenge is then of, of working with young people and working in an educational environment, having come from, you know, uh, previously a, a professional background in which, in which you're working with other professionals and not young children. To be completely honest, and it's something I'm really um, currently even facing right now, it's disciplining. I feel that um, educators in general in the school setting, you know, it is it is very hard to discipline uh, these day and age. And I know a lot of friends that are teaching in elementary school, middle school, and high school. But when it's an extracurricular activity, it is, it's very hard to, um, you know, the kids are having fun. They're rambunctious. They're screaming. They want to jump on the ballet bar. They want to jump all over the sound system. And, <laughs> you know, there has to be order. And I feel that that's sometimes hard for them to understand because this is their fun part of the day. There should be no limits to the fun. And, you know, but then when you have 70 10-year-olds in a room, there's only so much of that fun that can be had. But I, I think that's the hardest part is trying to remain the fun part of their day, but also, you know, create structure and create boundaries for them. And knowing that, you know, the fun is there, it's built in, but there's also levels of respect and levels of attention um, and focus that have to happen. I think that's that's a, a hard thing for a lot of students, but you know, then you get the crazy unicorn students that are laser focused and this must be perfect and we have to do this. And you're like, Hey, you can have a little bit more of that fun. So it's always kind of balancing that type of stuff. I feel. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, you are fostering the next generation of arts professionals. So, you know, it's, it's, not just a fun, you know, extracurricular activity, um, but it's it's also training for potentially their professional future. Um, these are people who are one day going to work alongside, you know, our own colleagues. So we would like them to maintain some sense of professionalism, right? Well, and that's the, it's interesting because you know, even since I've been there since 2020, I've sent four very talented young ladies off to college for their um, degree in music, whether it's music education or performance. And it's, it's so true. And I think, you know, you and I are, are products of, it's strange for people to think that you could be that age and make a decision of what you want to be the rest of your life, but it happens. And yeah, I completely agree, you know, preparing that next generation. Yeah, absolutely. And now a note from our sponsor. The Theater Art Life podcast is proud to be sponsored by ClearCom. 
ClearCom is the leader in voice communication since 1968 for theater and the performing arts. When the show must go on, ClearCom is there to keep the team on cue. You can find them at C-L-E-A-R-C-O-M.com. Go check them out. And you do provide them with some real life experience, right? Because you go to Disneyland each year. Is it each year that you go to Disneyland? So can you tell us a little bit about that? What is A, what does that partnership look like? And what's kind of the development process of that show? But also B, what is it like to bring all those kids to Disneyland? (laughs) You know, it is a process that starts. So the, the group that I take to Disneyland is called the Triple Threats. And they are our community performance um, I say community performance, but this this group of young ladies this year it's just young ladies. This group of young performers they they are so dedicated. They're so like these are the the thespians. These are the 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 ones that are really looking for that extra training. And um, part of the incentive of the year though is that you are training for a performance at Disneyland and hopefully a workshop at Disneyland. And I have to say. That was one of the hardest, won't say the hardest, but one of the hardest events for me to figure out how to coordinate. I actually, right before I got on this, I was just checking my email and our our group for the dates we wanted, um, we had never been waitlisted. And because just with the communication, we ended up getting waitlisted to even have our application reviewed. And I was panicking. It was so awful. But we finally just, our application is in review. So, um, but Disney has been, it's very, very, I don't want to say it's, I guess the only way I could say is user friendly. They are completely, I think they're ready and equipped to deal with any level of understanding of this event. So for me, you know, I have documents, I've got months prepared, um, months of, of, of preparation go into it. But when I speak to them, it's, it's so kind. It's so respectful. I feel that I'm not being spoken to like, you know, Oh, just a community theater arts teacher. You know, I feel that they're very, um, they treat, the group with a lot of professionalism. So the Disney side of things is great. The application is a little intensive. It's a lot of stuff that we have to prepare, but in regards to preparing the performers, like I said, our, our auditions for that particular group, triple threats, the auditions, we had them in August. The girls have a week long of an audition camp at the end of the week. They make their decision if they want to audition for the, for the group. We took a week off and then we did a two-week intensive where they learned a 25-minute show of song and dance to um, our theme this year is Down the Yellow Brick Road. So it was Wicked, Wizard of Oz, and The Wiz. And we have been prepping. It's so sweet, right? It's so, oh, and they're so sweet. But they, yeah, they've been training for our hopefully potential performance in May. They've been training since August. So it, it is a lot. It's a lot. And, you know, we've got the most incredible parents. We have a, one of the moms, she makes all of our costumes. And I have other parents that help with um, coordinating things and scheduling. And um, I have another mom that creates all of our merchandise, just, you know, our triple threat merch, whether it's hats or, or sweatshirts. So it's a lot that goes into it. But at the end of the day, what an incredible experience for these kids, you know? 
sounds like it's a great team effort too. How do you feel about returning to your community to be able to do this? I feel so thankful. I, again, it's weird it happened today, but I, I saw someone that I, I really admire. It's a radio personality in Central California. And um, this particular person has traveled all over and came home. And I think anyone that has ever traveled, especially as a performer, um, and then you go home, you do deal with a, a sense of, oh, I'm home. Am I taking a step back? Am I am I fulfilling myself? And, you know, this particular person I, I admire, they wrote, I'm paraphrasing here, but it was something along the lines of, why would you take something that could better your community and go to an oversaturated area where you may not be as valued and what you have to say may not has, have a big of an impact when if your community, um, which my community also, we've got Broadway performers. We've got my small town that I'm from. It's pretty nuts. The pe- we've got people in, in Cirque. We've got people that are, you know, across in Dubai. We've got people all over the place. And so, you know, I, my community is they very... Have you. <laughs> they have me. Um, <laughs> but I think that's so true. And I, I, I do think that coming home um, in 2020, because I actually came home before the pandemic hit, it was a choice. And I wanted to, I wanted to give back to a community and provide for a community. And I still think it's so important that wherever you are, whatever your community looks like, that you do spill your talents into it and and build your community up in the best way you can, even if it's walking around giving a smile to people on the street, um, or if it's as big as putting on a huge production. You know, there's so many so many things that your own community can benefit from having you involved in. Well, it sounds to me like they are really lucky to have you. Uh, let's, let's back up a little bit. Um, I want to hear how you feel your years on cruise ships have actually informed your teaching. I mean, it as you said, when you leave home, you you gather all of this knowledge, you gather all of this experience, um, and then in your words, you, you come home and you, you give it back. Um, so what's that been like for you, um, to, to go on a years long journey of working in Japan and then working on cruise ships and then to come home? How do you feel that's benefited your teaching? I think that I was really fortunate to be able to travel and perform and the cultures, the multiple cultures that I was able to interact with. I mean, that changed my life. That changed my outlook. That just changed the way that I interact with people. And I think that's one of the the biggest things that I like to bring, especially to a classroom, you know, introducing these students to different cultures. You know, my husband is European. He's from Serbia. And I was telling some of my students about some of his uh, traditional dance style. And they all want to learn it. They want to learn it and surprise Mr. Rad. And, you know, it's very sweet. And I think that's something I'm very, very proud of myself that I've I've been able to Cause I mean, I know what it's like being from a small town where, you know, the diversity may not be there and whether it is, you know, by race or culture or age, you know, that it may not be there, but I feel very fortunate that I, those experiences I can put and implement. I think also, especially from cruise ships is 
learning that you don't always know who you're going to encounter. You don't always know what their experiences have been. And one, a very simple comment to you can be extremely negative for someone else or vice versa. Something not so great for you could be a positive thing for someone else. So I think just learning, learning about people and being able to apply that to my students and being mindful as well. Absolutely. And on the whole, I would love to hear why you feel that theater and performing arts are so important for young people. I can go on and on and on, but I think the please do. <laughs> the the whole of it is is that everyone deserves to find the joy in their life and everyone deserves to find the passion that fuels their day and that fuels their career and just feels that happiness inside them and it really is for so many kids whether it's for one season or whether it's for 10 years everyone wants that experience i feel like especially when you're an adult i can't even tell you how many people have said oh i wish i could sing or i wish i could dance and and when you have the young kiddos that they're in the thick of it they're in that that time and place where they're exploring and and they're they're finding out about themselves and i just think that theater arts is such a wonderful a bridge between them and who they want to be. You know, I've have buddies that did musicals in high school because they were on the basketball team. They played baseball. They were major jocks, jocks, so to say. And they will tell you some of the best times were in high school when they got to do the musical and they dressed as a fork in Beauty and the Beast or, you know, they got to be a lost boy in Peter Pan. And I do think that there's so much value um, also to self-expression. I think especially with the pandemic, I mean, everyone says, especially with the pandemic, but man, these kids are just so stifled um, emotionally without just outlets. And it's to no one's fault. I mean, my goodness, like it was, it was just dreadful, you know? And I think now more than ever, I see the kids that have now emerged from that and having the outlet and opportunity to express themselves fully. It's just so powerful. Um, kids that I, I knew pre pandemic that were completely closed off and caved in, are the leads in my show now, you know, are, are thriving or going to auditions in LA or, you know, just happier. And that alone, I think just, that's the biggest thing. It's for the betterment of people. That's amazing. Great answer. Now I'm curious actually about the studio's trends pre and post pandemic, um, because you bring up a good point. It was extremely isolating for a lot of a lot of people in general, but but mostly for for children whose normal only outlet it would be you know going to school or going to their activities that they didn't have anymore. Um, have you noticed an uptick in enrollment, or maybe a little bit of the opposite, or maybe some different? behaviors. I, I know you mentioned a few cases there of people getting a little bit more into their skin and enjoying being out again. But in terms of the actual 
numbers and patterns that you're seeing at the studio? Has there been much shift pre and post pandemic? Strictly number speaking, I mean, I know for our studio, um, we are we are still not at the same numbers that we were. But I also think that, I mean, not to get crazy into it, I think it's just the economy as well. I mean, I don't I don't know if people are still in the same place where they can, you know, if if it comes between putting you know, having, having dinner that night or sending your child to a a dance class, you know, people have to weigh it. And I, I I do think that, you know, the community I'm from, you know, that, that could be a reality very much. So to a lot of people. And then there's also, you've got an age where maybe when they were 10, they wanted to do a hip hop class or they wanted to take uh, a music class, but they're 13, 14 years old now. And so that might not be their same interests. And with everything kind of opening up again, there's also plenty of other places to go take those same type of classes. So I feel that with that, there might be more uh, more options for people. So yeah, I, I do think that our when pre-pandemic, our studio, we did have more students um, than we're seeing post. But, you know, we still do also as well. We take um, COVID very seriously at the studio. If any of the students are showing signs of any type of illness, we really encourage them to stay home because now it isn't just, I mean, it's never just been COVID, but I mean, we had a really bad spat of RSV in our area this winter. And, um, one of our choreographers, her and her daughter got really sick and, um, so we do still that aspect of things, which could encourage or deter people from coming. So it's, you never know the reasons really, but um, those are some of the things I've noticed since being back. Yeah. Very interesting. It's, it's, it's very interesting to hear how the pandemic has affected different corners of the industry. And we haven't had a lot of chats lately with people on the educational side. So that's really, that's really interesting to know. Thank you for that. What advice would you give uh, to parents who are hoping to get their children more involved in the arts? Oh, I have a lot of, a lot of advice for parents. This is a big thing I've learned um, in teaching that also, you know, being a, a young person growing up with a, with very involved parents and very supportive parents is just that. Be involved, be informed, be supportive. Don't push. And honestly, don't don't expect your student to, you know, be Ariana Grande or, you know, be Kristen Chinwith. Of course, everyone wants to excel. Everyone wants to exceed. But in my opinion, I never had any push from my parents. I never once ever heard my mom say, or my dad for that matter, say things like, well, you better get the lead or, or you're going to be the best or you better get that solo or it never was. And I don't know if it's because they weren't performers, but there was no, my value was not tied to me as a performer. My value was tied to who I was as Allison. And I think, you know, every parent out there should if you have the opportunity to expose your child to theater arts and performing arts, a hundred percent do it in any capacity, but also understand that it, it, it needs to be a, a kid driven, um, passion 
and of course parents can get involved and parents can can um, enjoy just as much and just you know I really firmly believe that it has to be kid driven because if it's not then they don't really get as much out of it to be honest and it becomes a chore it becomes what mom and dad want me to do or whoever you know whoever's taking you to class and I really do believe that that's something that should come from the student. Absolutely. So parents listening to this, open the door, lead the way, and let your kid drive because they're going to know what's best. I love that. It's so, so crucial. Allison, at the end of every podcast, we ask the same two questions, um, and that's what I'm going to ask you now. My first question is, what is your favorite thing about your job or about the industry as a whole? My favorite thing about my job is it's ever evolving. It can go from, as well, especially as a performing arts educator, it can go from teaching someone how to do a grapevine. It could go from teaching someone how to open up their voice. And it can go from literally helping someone through a hard time in their life. So I do think it's it's ever evolving. There's a lot of a lot of hats that you wear. And I think that's probably my favorite part of my job. That's great. That's so nice. And what, if anything, would you change about the industry or about your job? I really think, well, I apply this a lot in my voice lessons that we talk a lot about self-reflection and self-awareness and I wish the industry as a whole would encourage in a really healthy way how to um, how to evaluate yourself without it being so critical and without with it being beneficial. I think that um, you know I've met so many people that went through college programs that they claim these college programs literally claim that we are a tear you down to build you back up kind of community. I'm just like. What's the point if you have people that never are built back up again, you know? <laughs> and so I I think that as a whole, artists, performers, you know, managers, everyone can do can do better to help each other explore how to keep improving without pulling pulling someone down or putting someone down and maybe they might never be able to come back up. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like your students are very lucky to have a supportive presence in their lives. So thank you very much, Allison, for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Theater at Life is a global media site for entertainment. Memberships start at only 38 US dollars per year. You can have unlimited access to our daily published articles, including entertainment news and the writings of active industry professionals, ensuring that you are always up to date on the global happenings in the world of entertainment. Become a part of the international entertainment community and join us now at www.theaterartlife.com.